banking with humanity. What does it mean? Well, it's got to mean more than banking with humans or banking for the human race. It's about meeting real needs in real time. And today, talking about humanity in an increasingly digital world, we have Mac Thompson, founder and president of White Clay. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bankadelic. I'm Lou Carlozo, and today on the show, we have Mac Thompson. Mac is the founder and president of White Clay. That's a fintech company that combines a bank's disparate data, curates the metadata, adds intelligence to it, and delivers one version of the truth to optimize client value and bank performance directly to bankers. Mac is responsible for creating the company's vision and crafting its goals to provide profitability, pricing, and sales enablement software for banks and credit unions. He is based in beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. Mac, welcome to Bankadelic. Thank you, Lou. Happy to be here. We were talking offline about our mutual interest in creativity, and I have to tell you, I love the name White Clay. Tell me about where that came from and what it means in terms of the things you're trying to do. White Clay is named after a state park in southeast Pennsylvania, northwest Delaware. It's right outside Wellington. How we got the name was I had to, back in 2000, spontaneously come up with a name to name my first consulting company. And on the way to the airport, my wife and I were talking about it, and we ended up with White Clay Consulting. When we restarted White Clay after my stint with Bank of America, what White Clay began to turn into was a meaning of what we do, which is we take lots of stuff everywhere, put it all together, and mold it into very, very useful things for clients and shareholders. That is fantastic. And maybe we can dive into a little bit of that. Tell us about what you're working on. Fintechs are leading the way and banks desperately need the help and have sought the help out. So what are you doing right now that you're excited about? I think banking in general really needs to be able to help their customers win, make sure you're delivering optimal return for your shareholders. And I think we need to deliver more humanity in this experience as we move towards more technical solutions. I think the people who bring humanity to that experience are going to win. If you just look at it as a transaction, you know, money is extremely emotional to people. So along those lines, one of the things we're trying to help banks do is they really need to understand their customers. So we help put together all of the various objectives, numbers around the customers, what products they use, how they transact, profitability, behavioral segmentation, all of that. But we also work with them that they need to interact with the customers, build relationships and manage that process in such a way that they can understand their customers and be able to deliver that human experience. Now, you mentioned something very interesting there, which is the relationship. And there are a number of ways to take that. One of the stereotypical ways we hear about in the industry is that you've got the customer over here and the bank over there. It sounds to me like you are trying to build something much more meaningful. What does relationships mean to you? If you look at overall banks' return on equity, if you can reduce your churn rate 
from what it currently is to something that's much lower, it's really good for the shareholders because acquiring customers is very expensive. It's also bad customer experience and just having that churn. But what's more important to me is if you can build true relationships between your bank and the client, your actual partners in this journey through life. And banking is one of the most powerful things ever to happen in America. We essentially enable the openness to credit and capital in a very free, open way. Basically, painless transacting across all channels, anywhere, anytime. And the thing we went back in a time ship 100 years ago and said, hey, you can send your money anywhere on the earth, basically for very little to nothing, instantaneously with complete confidence. And we can give you a place where you can store your extra cash to get a bit of return on. That whole environment is extremely powerful for how we can help people. So I mean relationship. I don't just mean the financial piece of it. I mean that partner through the journey. Banking can help people achieve their dreams. And it requires a strong relationship between the client and the bank to be able to do that. When I say the bank, it usually is personified in the banker of all kinds, from the branch to private banking to commercial. So that's what I think about what relationship means. And another piece of the puzzle that you alluded to is that shareholder value. Absolutely. Banks and financial institutions are there to help customers and to make it a more holistic journey. But on the flip side, if you're doing that right, shareholder value, stakeholder value really increases. So tell us about how it works on that end. Well, one of the critical things is people's value propositions different by person. But the key of this is in the relationship, both parties should be receiving value. Now, value is more perception than objective. But if both parties are receiving value and they have value in that relationship, it's going to continue and it's going to go on and you can build that relationship and you can go with them on this journey. If either party is not receiving value or perceiving value, one of those parties should walk away. On the client side of this, they generally, if they perceive that they are getting value from the relationship, will attract from the bank. Unfortunately, for most banks, they don't understand where their clients are getting value. So they have a million customers, and generally speaking, they don't have a very good understanding of where in those millions of customers are shareholders getting fair value. So we help the bankers understand this is where clients are contributing value, which in the end becomes shareholder return. But we allow them to be able to see that on an account, on a client, and on a relationship basis. So that's only one half the equation. You need to have the relationship with the client to ensure they're also getting value. But if you can ensure both are getting value, you've truly got a relationship. Absolutely. And to that end, we have that humanity aspect. You've got a lot to say about that that really shares wisdom with the industry in general. How do you see humanity coming into the picture? One of the learnings to me, because it personified it a number of times, was we went into coronavirus last March, almost to the day. For us, it was March 12th was our last day. Everyone was in the office. You know, everyone was worried about where we're going, what's going on, what's going to happen. When the first PPP program came out, you know, cash flow-wise, I was getting worried. And it wasn't that we didn't have immediate cash. It wasn't any of these things. But I have all these employees that we were basically trying to take care of and make sure that we would be going forward and all this. So it was extremely emotional to me. And when we went through the PPP process, one of the things that became very clear was if you had a relationship with a banker, 
that process was not just filling out forms and doing things. My experience with my banker and me was this process. Yeah, I was extremely concerned about you know what was up with my family, what was up with the business, my community, the world. This highly emotionally charged situation. And we all got through it together. Now, if I talk to people who didn't have relationships with their bankers, it was a very different experience. And some experiences I had going through, because I was trying multiple banks, some of the banks did not have those kinds of relationships and it was not nearly as good. But what it brought home was money isn't just the physical objects of cash or digital assets in a account of some kind. It is a means by which you can enable your lives and support those around you. And it allows us to communicate and exist and interact in great, awesome ways. But it's a human experience. You know, I think about, we didn't have to lay anyone off and we got everyone through it and it was awesome just to be able to accomplish that. But if you were those people that were struggling and you wanted to get your first assistance checks, your unemployment checks, the unemployment check isn't cash. It's the ability to buy groceries. It's the ability to pay rent. It's the ability to function as a human. Sometimes in the fintech world, we begin thinking about all these banking things as just transactions. But at the end of all those transactions are two humans interacting in albeit a digital way, but those interactions are still human. If you talk to someone, they will be more private about money than they will about most anything else in their life. It might be American culture, but that's why it's fundamentally human to me. That's a fantastic answer. I love how you dig beneath the surface. I also love this idea that you shared with me, making banking better is not a slogan for you. It's why you get out of bed. Tell us what that means to you. I'd love to unpack that a little bit. Most of the economic expansion in the U.S. has to do with innovation. From railroads to electricity to computers to aviation, all kinds of things. Arts, we have all kinds of innovation in arts. But in order to fund that innovation, you need robust banking. Most of those innovations would not have been possible without the access to capital, without the ability to transact all of these things. So one of the things I try to do every day is get up, do what we do, because what we fundamentally do is we help bankers be better. And if we can do what we do better, we can help those bankers interact with their clients better. So basically, it's how do we through whatever means necessary, help bankers understand their customers, understand proactively where they can help their customers, and then help them do it. Because it comes down to a banker and a client changing something between them. And that change should be mutually beneficial. If we can do that and do that over millions of customers, the potential impact from a human experience, from a overall economic experience, the ability to change the world in awesome ways. If we can have a little bit of impact on that, that's a reason to get up in the morning. Oh yeah, absolutely. What you are describing is vision, it's mission, and you can put boots on the ground with it. And you've got a lot of active verbs here. You combine disparate data, you curate the metadata, you add intelligence to it, you deliver one version of the truth. The discussion of data got interrupted a bit during the pandemic. Just about everything did, right? 
if you had an elevator speech to make to a banker who says, you know what, Mac, I don't get it, what would you tell them? Most bankers don't know their customers and wouldn't know what to do about it if they did. We'll help you understand who your customers are. We'll help you take care of your customers and we'll help you take care of your shareholders doing it. That's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. The elevator lands on the first floor and they're like, Mac, you got to tell me more. You got to tell me more. Most banks don't really have a way to take all their wealth data, all their retail data, all the commercial data, everything in the bank, every transaction, every client, everything. Put it all in one place and synthesize it into easy to use data sets. So that's a trick. The second trick is we layer in profitability at the atomic level throughout that for at least rolling 25 months. The profitability itself will actually roll up to your GL. So it's not some sort of made up profitability it can tie out. We also add behavioral analysis to that. So we're looking at all that transaction behavior. We're looking at cash flows in and out, behavioral segmentation. How do these customers derive value from your relationship? We're actually modeling out using some advanced intelligence tools. I hate to call it AI because AI means so many different things, but basically looking at those behaviors of inflows and outflows and being able to figure out where you might be able to help customers. The real trick in all of that though, because some people can help you put together data, some people can add some of those advanced intelligence pieces, is we deliver this directly to the banker in the field. From the teller to the branch manager to the business banker, commercial banker, private banker. This isn't buried back in some analytical database that some quants like myself are going through. And we actually support them. We provide them with all the data sets. So we love those people. But at the end of the day, we provide all that in a very simple to use experience. So the bankers themselves can understand who their customers are and what to do about it. And then you can actually track what they are doing about it. The combination of all those elements is actually very hard for banks to understand that we do all that in one place. My bank that I banked with used to be one of the big four, and I had some senior level people in. I go, okay, how do you guys do this? And they go, we can't do what you're doing in one place. We can do it in three separate systems, but they don't talk to one another. And so we're essentially offering, and our smallest client's about a billion, a billion dollar bank to be able to understand their customers and use it in ways that a multi-trillion dollar bank can't. And at the end of it, that's what we're really trying to do. We're trying to empower all of banking from the small community banks all the way up to the largest banks that are interested within us to be able to understand their customers better, take care of their shareholders, and make people love banking again. When you talk about empowerment, understanding, making people love banking, you have definitely walk the talk. And I certainly hope you'll come back at some point. Among other things, maybe we can talk about our mutual backgrounds in music. Mac, thank you so much for being on Bankadelic. Well, thank you, Lou, for having me. I love to come back. Thanks for the opportunity. You guys have a great day. Mac Thompson is the founder and president of White Clay. He is based in Louisville, Kentucky. You can look for Mac on LinkedIn. Bankadelic, 
sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit quanticbank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C bank.com. Have you thought about how you'll gain the upper hand in your search for stellar talent? Banker Hire leverages a niche industry with uncommon insight. They're committed to finding you qualified commercial and community banking, lending, compliance, HR, retail, and wealth talent. Banker Hire prides itself on listening and solving problems. Their approach is 100% hands-on and heads-up, giving you what you need to make smart, actionable decisions. For more information, visit BankerHire.com. Well, you worried about how to apply a little bit of intelligence to your data? Well, it's easy, partner. Just make it up. Think I'm kidding, don't you? Well, it takes a lot of intelligence to get creative with your data. You just drop a couple of terms like this. Well, we apply the Fibonacci curve to the quadratic formula, taking the square root and applying it to a Lobachevskian plane that connects two coordinates on a slightly convex angle of 32 degrees. What? You worried about regulators and compliance people coming after you? No problem, bucko! You just pull them into the back, close the door in the smoke-filled room, and you say to them, look, we're going to offer you one million dollars. <laughs> Two million dollars. How about three? Bullseyes. Number one. I think banking in general really needs to be able to help their customers win, make sure you're delivering optimal return to your shareholders. And I think we need to deliver more humanity in this experience as we move towards more technical solutions. I think the people who bring humanity to that experience are going to win. Number two. Sometimes in the fintech world, we begin thinking about all these banking things as just transactions. But at the end of all those transactions are two humans interacting in a a digital way, but those interactions are still human. Number three. Banking can help people achieve their dreams. It requires a strong relationship between the client and the bank to be able to do that. When I say the bank, it usually is personified in the banker of all kinds, from the branch to private banking, commercial. So I think about what relationship means. And now, Louis Views. Today on our podcast, Mac Thompson talked about the balance between banks helping their clients to succeed and optimizing shareholder value. It seems that if you talk about one or the other these days, it might sound like you're betraying both, but nothing could be further from the truth. Loyal customers drive a bank's bottom line. 
to go the extra mile to not just treat them as customers, but real human beings with humanity, as Mac put it, keeps them coming back. You're not just taking some sort of financial picture of them and calling it good. You're holistically trying to help them build lives and work within the community. That sort of loyalty drives the bottom line, and it's a great thing for shareholders. What grows a bank, grows a shareholder's portfolio, grows their bottom line, grows the role in the community. Can you just see this <laughs> blossoming as I describe it? There are a few things in life that I can think of where everybody can win. I think there are a lot of businesses and a lot of leaders in financial services like Mac Thompson who are showing how it works every day in real time with boots on the ground. Remember that, hey, we're all customers too at the end of the day. Taking just a little bit of that wisdom that we live into the ways we work will help to propel the industry forward in 2021 and beyond. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks to Banker Hire. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And as the feds close in on me and the other wise guys, I'll be thinking. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.